Welcome to Star Wars Age of Rebellion. This is an RPG Storytime presentation of a campaign played over several years utilizing all three Star Wars role-playing books by Fantasy Flight Games. This is a grand campaign where everything you hear was decided by players in an epic-scale role-playing and strategy game, then turned into this production that tells the story one chapter at a time with occasional explanations of game mechanics. The episodes are shorter than most gaming podcasts because each session is summarized in the form of a story much like an audiobook. It begins with a small band of agents played by a few role players. As the rebel cell grows, more players are brought in to take on the roles of other operatives heading out on other missions and taking part in various battles. Every choice affects the direction of the story, both for the characters on the mission and for the overall story arc. And the ultimate fate of the Juvex and Senex sectors is up to them. The crew of the Logan's Run left town on foot off the road straight into the woods. They wanted to avoid all detection from everyone, especially the Empire. They did not dare use a light of any kind, including the lightsabers, as they would stand out in the dark for anyone with an eyesight to see. This distance could vary widely, as sometimes the woods were thick. Then suddenly they thinned out greatly to make way for large rocks and boulders, or flatlands with sinkholes. Felina led the way, using her skills of foresight in the force to detect the terrain ahead of them. She stopped occasionally, using the same skill, or her old abilities as a pathfinder, to get her bearings on where they were and which direction they needed to go. Huff's dog Indiana aided in this effort by sniffing the ground and helping her navigate the terrain. Valina brought them close to the road that went directly to the ruins after taking a long detour around the Imperial roadblock. This way, she could watch the road through the force whenever she needed to make sure he was on the right path. It took hours, and though they had left at midnight, they got to their destination with less than one hour to spare. The topograph chamber was an excavated stone mound with sun symbology embossed on its floors, which were connected by stairways. One set of steps led down into the mound and out of sight. Several broken pillars lay scattered about. The group was separated from this structure by a shallow canyon with a stream at the bottom. A broken bridge connected the two sides. A pair of scout troopers stood lazily guard at the opposite end. A couple probe droids were plugged in at charging stations on their own side. And a pair of speeder bikes sat parked atop the mound where their riders leaned up against them. All were clearly waiting for their shift to end. It's about to be the end of their shift, all right, Huff said. Praxis felt a pang of guilt. He knew that some of these guards were just people taking a job and doing what they saw as their duty, but they would have to be eliminated to save countless other lives, so they made a plan. Praxis, Rez, and Valina would sneak up as close to the bridge as they could. Hoff and Kyle would climb into the canyon, cross the stream, then come up the opposite side. They would need to take out everyone at this location so they didn't alert others to their presence, and they had to do it quickly because they needed to place the medallion before sunrise which would occur in exactly 20 turns. Everyone got into position undetected. Indiana remained behind, hidden in the woods, with instructions to bark if anyone came up behind them. Huff and Kyle climbed up the opposite side of the canyon. Huff readied one of his heavy blasters and started to tell Kyle to get ready to charge. Hold on, Kyle said. I can get close without them knowing. Huff considered for a moment. Then he said, No, kid. That's courageous of you, but... He looked around to find Kyle was gone. He had sneaked forward so quietly that Huff had not heard him. He still did not see him until at last he spotted a compact shadow creeping up the steps to the top level. Okay, never mind, Huff whispered. 
and he got his heavy blaster pistol ready. The others waited for their cue. Huff lost track of the young force wielder, until suddenly his lightsaber lit and he leaped on one of the bikers. That was the signal for everyone. Valina jumped at the two probe droids, slicing them up before they were able to unplug from their charging stations. Rez and Praxis fired at the scout troopers at the bridge. One of them remained on his feet, so Rez emerged from his hiding spot and closed in, firing at the trooper until he took him down. Huff tried to get a clear shot on the last biker, but the darkness of pre-dawn kept him from being confident enough for a hit, and the scout got on his speeder bike and took off. Luckily, it was toward Huff, so he climbed up out of the pit. Huff didn't have time to get off an accurate shot, so he left his gun holstered and jumped the scout, grabbing him and landing on the seat behind him. He tried to pull the scout off as he flew over the canyon, but the scout stayed in his seat. He even got his blaster out and turned it toward his back and into Huff's face. But just then, a hound with a mutant face leaped out of the woods and flew into the biker's face. Both the scout and Huff fell off the bike, which spun into a tree, and the dog bit off the biker's head, spitting it out, then playing with it like it was a soccer ball. It was enough to even disturb Huff, but as long as the Imperials were stopped, all was well. And he told Indiana he was a good boy as the dog lost the head into the canyon. When he was sure the coast was clear, Praxis hurried across the bridge. The sky was beginning to glow a dim yellow and the sun would crest over the horizon soon, so he needed to find the cradle in which to place the medallion. He made it to the stairs that led down into the mound. The chamber walls were crumbled, but the primary part of the structure was intact. Praxis stood upon a platform overlooking the floor, which wielded a map of the local area before the buildings were turned to ruins. Directly in front of him was a strange-looking dais with a thin cap in the center bearing a few focused crystals which pointed toward the nearest raised gear on the floor. Praxis slid the medallion into the center. He now noticed that there were six points on it that matched points on the gears, so he turned the gears so they matched the points on the medallion. He did so soon before the sun rose, and when it did... Its beams shot through the opening above and shone onto the crystal at the center of the medallion. Prisms inside refracted the light and shot it out on the wall beyond, where a pristine map of the city that once was splayed out in miniature form. The light burned into an insignificant-looking pyramid at one side of the town. It was the location of the Coven Sarcophagus. This was it, the resting place of the Coven Sarcophagus. Traveling to the location of the Coven Sarcophagus was easier than the earlier trip with the daylight, but the exhaustion everyone felt provided its own difficulties. Like before, they avoided the roads and tried to remain hidden, so it was near noon when at last they reached a pyramid with a steep top which had been identified by the topograph chamber. This time there were no guards, nor much of any Imperial presence. It made sense as the Imperials had no idea of the building's importance. There were other Imperial sentries nearby, including a landing zone in the back of the building the rebels had reached, but the Imperials were, in general, ignoring the building. Huff approached the building first, assigning Indiana to watch the entrance. The others followed closely behind, curious as to what this all-important artifact was. A grand burial chamber opened before them, gloriously adorned. Multiple chambers branched out in several directions. This was the last resting place of someone important. Though a metallic casket sat near the front, there were other resting locations scattered throughout the underground chambers, so the crew of the Logan's Run split up and began searching for signs of the Coven sarcophagus. Volina ran off first, sensing something in one of the other rooms. Huff called to her, but she was gone. He figured she would check out that room, and he looked at another. Within it, he found priceless crystals. There was no coffin, but these would make him rich beyond his wildest dreams. 
so he began scraping the crystals off the walls and leaving the goal for others to find. Before Rez rounded a corner, he heard a familiar voice grunting in pain, as though refusing to scream. He came around the bend to see his father chained to a wall. A couple inside were poking him with hot pokers. One was teasing him for being captured. The other was berating him for being a traitor. Kyle entered a room where he saw his family chained to a wall where they were being whipped. He lit his lightsaber and charged at their tormentors, but they disappeared just before he reached them. They reappeared at the end of the room, and Kyle charged them again, but this time his family's bonds were broken. They were free to go, but Kyle had to decide whether to help them go free or to kill their tormentors. Praxis stumbled into a room where he found Marion trapped inside a clear plastic tube. She was trying to escape, but gases were pumping inside. Little did any of them notice that their actions were causing them to depart one another, spreading out across the tomb. Then bright sunlight beamed into the room as the door slid open. Each in turn was bathed in the glow of the low-hanging sun. Framed in the doorway were a handful of people. The servitor who had cut off Alina's hand, two more with whips, an imperial officer, and in the very center was Nikras Dawes. A squad of supertroopers fanned out on each side of them. The light brought the rebels back from their hallucinogenic dazes, and they gathered near the center of the tomb. Thank you, dear friends, for leading us to the proper location, Nikras said, his voice echoing through every chamber. Huff reached for his blasters and the supertroopers readied their rifles. The servitors also lit their lightsabers and whips, prepared to defend Nikras should any shots come at him. Realizing it was pointless, Huff relaxed his arms and said, You got a little speech? Always the rebel, Mr. Vasset, To the bitter end. A loud cracking noise between them startled the rebels. The cement casket before them broke free from its dais. Dust and debris shed from it as it raised into the air, diffusing the light around everyone. Valina noticed that the lead servitor had her hand raised. She was moving it. The coven sarcophagus, she muttered. Correct, Missonium, Das said as the casket floated over him. So once again, just like Paramaton, just like Samoom... What was once briefly yours is now mine. Indiana charged up the stairs. The supertroopers turned and fired at the mutant dog. The other rebels dashed for cover. The dog yelped as it was hit, stumbling onto its face as it stopped moving. Huff did not draw his blasters. He drew his last grenade. He charged the base of the platform the Imperials were on. He made a flying leap at one of the decorations, then kicked off of that to fly up over the railing of the balcony, where he spiked the grenade into the crowd. The lead servitor was able to leap out of the way just in time, and her two assistants whipped at the grenade, hitting it and causing it to explode between them. The blast killed them both, as well as a trooper on one side. The shockwave sent Huff flying backward through the air. The Imperial officer was thrown outside as the wall collapsed, and the sarcophagus fell squarely onto Das. Inside, the remaining supertroopers opened fire on the rebels. They fired back, but remained hidden behind cover. The troopers stepped down the stairs toward them, Indiana, still clinging to life, bit the leg of one of the troopers, who cursed and pointed his rifle at the mutt. Felina charged forward and beheaded the trooper and took down the other. Praxis was pinned down. From further away, Rez sniped at the troopers, but they sniped right back. Huff had been ignored in the middle of the floor because he appeared dead, but he had just had the wind knocked out of him. Now he drew his two heavy blasters and fired from where he was, taking down one super trooper. As the other two turned toward him, Huff leaped to his feet. With the troopers facing away, Praxis and Rez came out of cover and took down a second trooper. The third fired at Huff as it stepped back up the stairs, but Huff wasn't about to let him get away. He bounded up the steps, growling, This is for Indy! 
and he shot the super trooper full of holes, sending it to the ground. As the dust settled, all grew quiet, like, well, like a tomb. The front had entirely caved in and would take a long time to cut through, time in which they may run out of air. Huff listened at the debris. He could hear scuffling and digging on the other side. Valina closed her eyes and looked through the force. She saw the lead servitor using the force to move boulders off the sarcophagus, then to drag it out. It brought her some joy to see the mangled corpse of Agent Dawes, but the others still had the artifact, and it was being loaded onto a truck. For some reason, they were also taking Dawes's body. She explained all of this to Huff. He smiled when he heard about Dawes, then he suggested Valina use the same powers to move the rocks. I don't have that power, she explained. Yeah, you do. You've got that force thing. Use it. It doesn't work like that. I've got foresight, not telekinesis. Huff grumbled with annoyance. Then he pointed at the lightsaber. Use that thing to cut through. Felina was already looking for a place to cut, but she wanted to make sure in so doing she didn't bring the rest of the wall down on them. At any rate, even when she got them through, the Imperials would be long gone. It seemed they had come all this way just to be buried alive inside this ancient tomb of the Sith. This has been an RPG Storytime presentation of Age of Rebellion. Join us next week to hear what happens next. If you'd like to see a visualization of this episode, check out our YouTube channel. The link is in the description. If you'd like to see other things written by the author of this show, you can also find that in the description. Happy gaming, everybody!